Loudspeaker Studios. Hello everybody, this is Big Bad Extra Cool from the Dirty Laboratory and Creature Creature Records. I'm on Talking Trauma with Trauma Zach, Zach Bynes. It's really huge. Welcome to the show. Tromaville, and welcome to episode 14 of Talkin' Troma with your host, me, Zach Bynes. The show where me and a special guest cluck around by sinking our teeth into a trauma movie, and then we pair it with a non-trauma title for a fantasy double feature. This is a historic first episode, as it's the first show that is being recorded with another person in the room. Two people in the room. In- uh, yeah, in person. Uh, first, I want to give a shout out to previous guests from the Squeeze Play episode, Zach Eastman, for running sound and all the goodness that comes with that and micing us up. But I also want to introduce my special guest. He's an author, catcher of thieves, Denver hip hop legend with his new album, Not a Ghost, But Dead Inside. Let me introduce to you, Extra Cool. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for coming on, and thanks for for doing this in person. Thank you guys for coming to my house, so I didn't have to go to you. I, it was nice <laughs> of you to throw on underpants. I appreciate. A, it. Hey, I'm wearing my nice sweatpants today. They're black and clean, even. Ooh, yeah. You're not wearing the gray ones for us. <laughs> no, the gray ones. That's too much wiener. You know what I mean? <laughs> never, never a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Trumbo, Bill. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I always like to know how everybody got their introduction into trauma movies. What was your first introduction into the world of Tromaville? Have you ever met my buddy Duncan? Yes. Okay, Duncan and I, when we were kids, uh, he had Toxic Avenger on VHS. His dad did. And um, that's like quite literally how we got into it. Um, we just would watch the Toxic Avenger religiously, and then we realized that trauma was a thing. And then as I got older, I got more into a trauma. Duncan did not. I mean, he's he's a fan of trauma, but I kind of delved in. And at one point, I had literally hundreds of DVDs and things like that. And, you know, but yeah, um, that's how I got my, I want to say I was maybe eight or nine years old first time I saw it. Nice. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I met you sort of a weird trauma way. Yes. Uh, do you, I, it stands out because not this doesn't always happen, but I was out and about at a record shop in Colorado called Twist and Shout. Yep, Twist and Shout Records. And I was wearing my Toxic Avenger t-shirt, and uh, you came up to me, you're like, oh my god, that's a cool Toxic Avenger shirt. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do, yeah, that's for sure. And then we became the best of friends. Yeah, and then you guys, we made a very trauma-esque music video uh, for Is Anybody Thirsty? And Yeah, that was off your album Kool-Aid. Yes, so, um, which I rem- seems like a lifetime ago now. Right, when did that album come out? Uh, Kool-Aid was 2013. Jeez Louise. Yeah, it feels like a long time ago now. 
I remember like when we were talking that first time in Twist and Shout, uh, me and my friend Richard, uh, we were telling you that we're filmmakers, and you were telling us that that you are hip hop recording sensation, extra cool, Denver's second best rapper, baby. The the first best rapper is the those clerks at uh, the Macy's who wrap those presents up very nice. That's right. It's not it's season. not extra cool. That's for sure. <laughs> so we were talking, and you said that you had a new album coming out, and you wanted us um, to do a very traumatic music video. You yeah. want to talk a bit about the video? Uh, sure. Yeah, just the the history of the extra cool videos. Um, I the first video I ever made was called The Hills. It was off an album called Tickled Pink. It came out in two thousand six. And then when I started doing the album Kool-Aid, um, I have a single called I Fly You Don't. And um, I did a very small budget crowdsource, crowdsourcing funds for that video uh, with my buddy Trenton Cotton, who is also uh, who is now a comedian. He's a very funny man. Um, anyhow, uh, he did that video. And then um, I wanted to, to do a couple more videos for that record. And so I, being that I had already done I Fly You Don't, um, when I met you guys and you guys were like, oh, well, we made poultry guys, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, nerd boner. Uh, why don't you make <laughs> this video for me? Um, I have an idea and this is what I want to do. And you guys said your idea suck. Let's rip your arms and legs off and squish your head. And I was like, yes. I seem to remember, <laughs> yeah. um, when you were telling us the idea for the video initially, you were like, I want them to rip my tongue out. And that was like the big effect. It's like, I mean, I guess we could do that, but yeah. let's rip your arms and legs and head off instead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, I was just like, um, I got a lot of really hot friends who are heavily tattooed women, and I'd like to put them in a video. And I think it's hot and sexy when tattooed women tear people apart. So let's use them. <laughs> <laughs> so do we. That's why we did Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, that was a fun day. Um I'm going to have to say this real quick. RIP to my belt. My belt that was in that video died about uh, two months ago, but oh. it still had blood on it. I was very proud of that. I wore that belt like probably for 14 years. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I got all the way down to the last hole and then it finally broke. <laughs> oh. <So. laughs> then we've done other music videos for you as well. Oh, tons of music videos. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites that um, that we did for you was the video Rabbit Ears from Rabbit your, Ears was fun, your yeah. last album um, off of 8. Uh, yeah, that video was really cool to me because um, my friend Teresa from Scream Screen, Teresa Mercado, um, she played the evil witch in it. Um, I met Teresa, I don't know, a handful of years ago when she was doing... Um, Oh, geez, what was Scream Scream originally? Channel uh, Zero. Channel was, Z. Channel Z, that's right. Channel Z, I apologize. Uh, she was doing that with Keith down at uh, Alamo Draft House. And I met her at the Maniac screening, and I got a scalp and some flowers that she gave me. And one, I was like, wow, she's beautiful. Two, she knows her shit. And three, she's just a really rad person. So I was like, I'd love to get to know this woman a little bit better and become friends with her. And we eventually became friends. And uh, I asked her, I was like, hey, I'd really love to have you in a video. I've got Shannon from Churchfire. Uh, she's going to play the White Witch, and she sings the, the chorus on the song. And uh, I want to get a goat, and you'll walk her goat around, and you'll bring me back to life. And then Shannon will put me back in the grave. <laughs> That's so. probably one of my favorite uh, videos that, that I've done for you. It's, yeah, it. I don't know. It's cool. I was inspired by that movie Begotten and then The Witch. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I love The Witch. I love The Witch. It's such like for 
folklore horror and modern horror. It's just so beautiful. It's done well. Uh, anybody who ever bad that movie, I just squint my eyes and walk away. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that that's just my opinion, right? Yeah. But we're, but we're talking about highbrow movies on the show. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking about trauma films. Yeah. <laughs> but well, how did you get into hip hop? Like I've known you forever and I don't think I know know this story. Like I know that uh you how many you have quite a few albums out now and yeah. and um, you've been a rapper like 16 albums, yeah. 17 albums, yeah. I don't really know, to be honest with you, because no one in my family growing up listened to hip hop or rap or any of that. Um, I I want to say it was 1992. Well, no, no. Even before that, uh, Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet. Somehow I got a copy of that on cassette tape. And um, I remember my mom didn't like the fact that I had it. And so she took it from me and I was able to smuggle out the lyric sheet. So to this day... I can't listen to that record because I memorized the lyrics from the sheet without hearing the music. <laughs> so like, it's so different when I hear it. I mean, it's such a beautiful record. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? My mom didn't understand what fear of a black planet was. She thought maybe it was an anti-white thing. You know what I mean? And she, and, um, which my mom was, you know, I mean, like I said, I had a, a brother who was black, you know what I mean? Um, we used to joke and call our family, you know, the United Nations, you know, so it was never anything, but she just thought maybe it was an anti-white thing, you know what I mean? And she didn't, um, but she didn't realize that it was actually just pro-people and, you know, in order to be pro-people, you have to be pro-black, you know what I mean? And stuff like that, which is a lot how it is very much with the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. You can't, yeah. All Lives Can't Matter if Black Lives Don't, exactly. you know what I mean? So, um, things like that. But anyhow, so, um, I don't know how. Somehow I got that cassette tape. Um, it struck a chord with me, um, even though I didn't hear it for 10, 15 years after. Um, but then uh, 1992 came around, and Dr. Dre's album, The Chronic, was out. And that's when I decided I wanted to rap. And um, I always joke with people saying that uh, gangster rap raised me. It really did. I mean, which is funny because you don't hear that in my music. I'm, no. very, I'm the complete opposite of gangster rap. But gangster rap is what motivated me um, as a kid. And I remember uh, the first song I ever performed for my parents was Dr. Dre's Nothing But a G Thing. And I was 12 <laughs> years old and uh, my mom was not thrilled. My dad didn't really care because my dad was, you know, he was in Kiss Army and stuff like that. So <laughs> when, growing up, you know what I mean? He was used to people blackballing him because of his musical tastes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I just remember my mom said, well, you can't spell crap without rap and walked away from it. You know what I mean? And uh, that's a pretty mom answer. Yeah. And then, uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm believe me guys, I'm not trying to make my mom sound like a bad person cause she wasn't, yeah. you know what I mean? But she just did not like rap for some reason. And then, uh, once I started taking it serious and like, um, when I was 18 and I wrote my first record and my mom was really supportive, you know what I mean? My mom came to all my early shows. My mom was always wearing an extra cool shirt always trying to sell my tapes to random people. So it's like she, when she realized that it was actually who I am, she was like, I'm, I'm all for it. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And my dad is the same way, you know, before my dad left state. Uh, I mean, you would see him at, at all the shows. Yeah. He, he would come to all my shows and he'd always stand at my merch with me. You know, I love my dad. I miss him. Uh, I miss my mom too. She passed away, but, uh, but my dad, yeah, he's, he's out of state. You know, I just, I miss him. I'm a big extra cool fan. Thank you. You're I welcome. That. So 
like it's always exciting to hear what you have you know coming out and i i love to to hear you know knowing knowing you personally and knowing like your interests i love hearing like what things you reference in your albums sure like i mean you're not like a a nerdcore pop pop reference rapper but i would say you i have a lot of nerdy topics though yeah you you cleverly hide a lot of nerdy things in your songs which is a lot of fun triple og comic book horror movie rapper for sure but at the same time it's uh i do it cleverly you know what i mean like i have people who who are actual gangster rap fans like my records i've got people who are nerd rap guys i got backpack rap guys i've got you know um the hardcore hip-hop guys they all seem to i can i can get along with all of those guys you know what i mean i can rap with all of those guys um like where some people they get kind of pigeonholed into into their style you know what i mean and um the older i get i i used to try to be really really technical with everything and i was using big words for the sake of using big words you know what i mean and uh and the older I get, I kind of dump things down now. And I just talk about things that I want to talk about at this point. You know, um, I'm not trying to impress anybody anymore. I'm just trying to get my feelings out the coolest way. That the extra coolest way. The extra way. cool way. You know what I I'm mean? I'm not going to try to do that that yeah. often in the show, but I can't, <laughs> That's I can't all right. help myself. I think you've done it at least four times today if you count text messages. Yeah. yeah. We have way too many puns. Yes. The pun quotient is completely cut off now before the show even started yeah. now like like one of the the songs on your new album like the title alone made me laugh and excited to hear it uh mario and ouija mario and ouija yeah i just was being clever with that that's and, all. and that song is fun and 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 lauren my friend lauren from the spells she sings the background but like the real melodic uh chants that you hear through that that really awesome. beautiful feminine voice that's that's my friend lauren and on this album, you like if on the new one, it feels like the soundtrack of a hip hop Giallo movie. Yeah. Like, um, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I went through a really big, bad bout of depression recently. And that's why this record is called not a ghost, but dead inside. Um, because I'm not dead, but I feel dead. You know, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, I'm better, but I'm not there yet. I'm still kind of struggling with who I am as a person these days. And I know that sounds cheesy, but I just don't know who I am right now. So this record, I think, uh, kind of, and, and that's not saying, that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't mean that I don't know who I am in a bad way. Yeah. Um, I just feel like finding a new, I'm leveling up or leveling down, however you want to look at it. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm still the same person, you know what I mean? But. I mean, I've always made melancholy rap songs. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people have called me goth rock, goth hop, or backpack rap, or sweater rap, and shit like that, or emo rap. But I just call it skeleton rap. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? I just, I'm just one of those guys. I like to talk about who I am and my feelings and my music. Well, and that's one thing that I really like about your albums is that you're not afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. And one of the things why I was excited to talk you talk to you. Um, on the show because it is important that we have these discussions and normalize like everybody has depression and especially artists yeah um and bad times make for good music right or make for you know good movies movies, or good art in general which you know i i feel every artist i know goes through depression but some of them you know don't want to talk about it and well you know it's 
and you can disagree, and so can you, Zach. Um, it's, I um, I kind of feel like being a man and being depressed, it, you're, it's kind of a suck it up buttercup situation. You know what I mean? Where, you know, it's depression is very real. Sometimes it feels very fickle. Other times it feels unbearable. Um, but then there's times where I'm just like, fuck, whatever, I'm good. You know what I mean? But it's like, but society wise, it's not okay for me to be depressed because I'm a man. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that, um, I try to come across on the record. Like, it's okay to be depressed. I'm still upset about having a miscarriage with my ex Lena. I mean, that was, I mean, you remember I was with Danielle for six years. So, I mean, that was six years prior to Danielle. You know, we, I mean, that's what the song villain is about. And that, you know, and, um, well, it's still, that hearing shit that still song, kills me. you know, brought a tear to my eye, you know? Yeah, and, um, I appreciate you saying that, but it's like, like, that's all real. You know what I mean? Like all the, all those things, all those emotions I was feeling on that is like, my kid would be 12 or 13 years old right now. And yes, I have the, the line in it where I say, I'm not a father and nor do I want to be, you know, it's like, I say, it's easy to say that because I don't have a little me in front of me. If I had a child, you better believe I'd be the best dad that I could possibly be. And who knows? Maybe I'll date a woman who's already got a built-in family, and I don't mind taking over the car payments on a on a couple kids or something like that. So. And and that's a beautiful song, and it's on your new album. It's the last uh, song on the record. the last song on the on the album, which is which is out now uh, digitally. Digitally, the vinyl is coming uh next year right yeah um i actually got a uh, word that the test pressings should be out shipped in january which Ooh. is a little bit earlier than than they had originally planned i'm gonna buy one um yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so thank you uh, i you, you know kn- you know i will i know you will you know what i mean and i always tell you i'll just give you one but, fuck um, that man but no it's yeah it's exciting man the test pressings should ship in january um, maybe mid January, but then it's six to eight weeks after I listen to the. Cause I'm gonna get, I think, three uh, test pressings, and I'll have to listen to all three of them, but you know, all the way through, make sure everything sounds correct. Nice. And then uh, from there, you know, when I put eight out on vinyl, it was a 16 week uh, turnaround on on vinyl, and I was like, that felt for like forever. You could thank then, Lord uh, for hijacking all the fucking vinyl from everybody. Well, and that's the thing. This one is a 52 week turnaround. You know what I mean? Jeez. So so if I do get it, their test pressings in January, it would probably be closer to 48 weeks. But it's still, man, it, it's, it kills artists, like smaller artists. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, if I was Taylor Swift in it and I was pressing a million copies, they'd be like, oh, we need to crank this shit out. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, a, ver- it's a very small run, you know what I mean, with the really limited yeah. – um, the second colorway, which I'm calling the Joker variant because it's the green and purple swirl. I'm only doing 10 copies of those. The rest of the run, the run that everybody else will get, will be like a, it's going to be a, a pink record. It's, it's really pretty. And hopefully nobody gets the runs. <laughs> I, I waited until you took a sip. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> um, no, but I'm, exci- I'm excited to, to have a physical copy of it. I actually rolled my eyes when you said that. <laughs> You're like, he's going to say something dumb. (laughs) But no, I appreciate it. I'm excited to have a copy of it too. You know what I mean? Like other than digital, you know. Uh, another another uh, extra extra cool item I have in my collection, (laughs) which is uh, pretty awesome, is you wrote a book. Yes. Uh, Tell us us about the book. It's pretty fun. 
Uh, it's a uh, simple-minded is what it's called. Um, so that's funny. Um, that's actually a good transition because this is another Lena thing. Um, she and I had broken up. You know what I mean? And I was like, I'm gonna write a book. You know what I mean? And uh, I wrote literally the first ten pages of it. Threw it away that night. Uh, next morning, I mean, luckily there, I didn't throw anything else on top of it. No food or any shit, you know. But the next morning. I mean, I dreamed about it all night. Like, don't throw it away. Just keep it, you know? So next morning I go downstairs. Um, I go into the kitchen and I pull out those 10 pieces of paper and they sat in a shoebox for, fuck, 10 years? Yeah. 10 years, something like that. And then I was like um, looking through things and I'd forgotten about them. You know what I mean? Um, I knew that I'd written them, but I forgot. I just forgot about them. And um, I was fishing through stuff that I had. And I was like, oh, here's my book I started writing. So I read it and I was like, God, does you really juvenile my writing? You know what I mean? It's funny how much you can age in 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, even the way you think, the way you write, everything is different. So that's why the first 10 pages of that book read a little bit different than the rest of it. Yeah. Even though I had, I had rewritten it and, you know, I rewrote it and reworded some things and added some things. But, to me, I can tell the difference from those first 10 pages for, as opposed to the rest of the book. But the the reason why I started writing it is because I, I needed an outlet to take my mind off Elena, even though there's moments in the books where I, you know, where I'm clearly talking about an ex-girlfriend, but I don't name her. You know yeah. what I mean? It was, sorry, Elena, it was you. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, um, it's, yeah, it's not yeah. like like I, I made a bad, really. I made a movie where the main character is uh, named after Richard's old girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it's a fun book. One like like your albums. I love your wordplay, and it, I was really interested to see how that would translate to the page mm -hmm. in just a a different type of storytelling. And I thought it came off successful. And Thank and you. it's you had the same start as Stephen King. He threw Carrie in the trash can. I did it, not know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he thought it was shit, and he threw it away. And so uh, and so that night, his his wife pulled it out of the trash. Like you can't throw Carrie away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's ra that's rad, actually. Um, I it wasn't even the fact that I thought my like it was going to be garbage. I just didn't think anything of it. Yeah. you know what I mean. I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't happy with it. I wasn't like, this sucks. I wasn't like, this is going to be the fucking best book ever. I just, it did its, it, it did what I wanted it to do. It helped me get all the junk out of my brain. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm just going to write until I feel like not writing anymore. And that's what I did, you know, and with those first 10 pages. I, li I like that you said you, you like, you know, were dreaming on the book because I had a dream um, last, last year, earlier this year. That you and the previous guest, Chaz Kangas, uh, did a song together about trauma movies. And I woke up that and, morning. And you made it. You made it so. Right? I was like, this has to happen. These are two of my favorite rappers. And they don't know each other. But they should. And they should do a song together. And I know they both like trauma movies. So I tweeted both of you that morning. And, you know, just 
how how I'll I'll tweet anybody. It's like sure. like uh, you know Zach Efron put me in your latest film or something like that. Sure. So sure. Yeah, you know not not really expecting yeah. anything back other than like maybe you guys liking the post, but you uh, made it happen. Um, awareness, yeah, yeah awareness, awareness from Dirty Laboratory. Beat. He made the instrumental. Is so it's awesome. We're we're actually gonna play that song at the end of the show. But right. um, why don't you talk a little bit about? about your verse on the song i'm gonna go back to awareness real quick yes so i told him i was like hey trauma zach he knows you guys trauma zach because that's how i always talk about and and we and and we'll cut this out if this is wrong but didn't didn't you i have you hit him with the hammer in uh cape and cowl uh, no, he's the one with the eye patch. Yes. Yeah, and he remember he made he said that line that was unscripted and made everybody laugh. I was like, "Where is she?" He's like, "It's in the city. Everything's in the city." <laughs> yeah, and he's, that's there, right. and, he's point, and he's pointing at the yeah. Uh, Awareness is actually the guy who owns Dirty Laboratory. Um, I love Chavo. Chavo is his name. Um, Chavo is fantastic. He's one of my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, by the way, he and Time Calm have a new record coming out. Um, I have to plug it because they're label mates. Anyhow. Um, yeah, so I was like, hey, man, uh, Trauma Zach wants to do a Trauma song. Um, can you send me some instrumentals? I think your beats would be right for it. And so he's like, yeah, man, I'm going to send you over some extra cool instrumentals, some stuff that I was working on for you. And everything he sent over for me, I was like, nope, nope, nope. And he's like, what? These are like, this is what you like to rap on. And I was like, yeah, it's what I like to rap on. I was like, this is a Trauma song. It has to be fun, dude. Yeah. So, because like he was sending me all these really dark, moody instrumentals that I was like, yeah, those were definitely extra cool instrumentals. Like you could hear me on those instrumentals, but I couldn't hear Chaz on them. And I definitely didn't feel like it was going to be a fun Trauma song. So I was like, hey man, send me something silly. And then he sent me that beat and he was just like, he said that he made it like in two minutes after he saw my text saying, send me something silly. And yeah, we <laughs> went from there. And then uh, my verse, I just talked about, you know, a bunch of my favorite movies, trauma movies and stuff like that. Um, I talk about the Toxic Avenger on all my records. So that's why I didn't talk about them on that song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, I even have a line on Not a Ghost where I say I'm a tiny Toxic Avenger. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So it's, uh, yeah. Um, Mr. Mr. Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mr. Rabbit and his war pig. Um, so, yeah, um, that's how my verse came to be. I just um, always liked the Sergeant Kabuki Man car wreck. So I was like, I got to put that in there. And I was like, what if I'm in the car with the maniac nurses when they're, uh, you know what I mean? And they're, they're running from the rabid grannies and the rabid grannies are in their car. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I, instead of title dropping like I did for, uh, for Bradley, for Jean-Claude Van Damme's damn van, my verse on his soundtrack is all uh, Van Damme movies, titles. So I just did title raps. But so I was like, instead, I'm going to take... I'll still drop the movies, the trauma films that I'm talking about, but yeah. I'm going to make them into a story. As where Chaz just, as soon as I heard Chaz's verse, I was like, I don't even want to be on this song anymore. I was like, <laughs> his verse is so much better than my verse. And it, he's got such the great radio voice. He sounds like he should be a radio DJ. He, well, he actually, he was the, the voice of indie hip hop in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it turns out everybody's like, "Oh yeah, we know Chaz. He's a good guy." You know what I mean? Like all the Minnesota dudes that I know, they're like, they're like, "Oh, Chaz is rad, dude." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a good dude, and just you know, it's weird. I know two rappers who are huge trauma fans, so it's like probably the only two. You know what I mean? I can't. I don't know anybody else who raps about trauma films. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's out there. Why out can't there. I? Uh, Ra the Rugged Man is another one. 
Yeah, well, he's friends with Frank Kennenlauter. Yeah, like, they're actual friends. Like they hang out. Uh, they did Bad Biology together. So small, small world. And yeah. Chaz actually worked on Bad Biology with. Did he? <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah. That's fucking rad. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to talk to him about that. Uh, I was just talking the other day to one of my coworkers, asking, "Was like, hey man, have you seen Bad Biology? Because he'd just gotten around to seeing Frankenhooker." And that to me was blasphemous. You know what I mean? I was like, "How are you just now seeing Frankenhooker?" <laughs> but anyways. Um, Frankenhooker is one of my all-time favorite movies with Suspiria and the Toxic Avenger. The original Suspiria, 77. Um, but yeah, um, I was like, oh, well, check out Bad Biology. You know what I mean? I was like, I, I yeah, saw nine clitorises. That's all you got to <laughs> say, man. You know. What I mean? <laughs> well, I think, I'm trying to think, it might have been the world premiere of Bad Biology. It was definitely... I a, don't own that. I need to find a copy of that. I I don't know if it's on blue, but I know it's on no, DVD. There, there, there oh, had, there is, there a, is Blu-ray. a Blu-ray. Yeah, I just haven't gotten it yet. Um, it it had a, some sort of premiere at Troma Dance. Okay. Um, so I was lucky enough to be at Troma Dance the year Bad Biology was there. Oh, so you saw it on screen? I saw it on the nice. big screen. Yeah. And I was like, just had my fingers crossed. I'm like, I hope Frank Henenlotter's here. I hope he, he wasn't there, unfortunately. Yeah. But I still got to see it on the big screen. Was R.A. Was, there? No, he wasn't there either. I one time I opened up for Aesop Rock, okay, and um, this uh, this this ties in with what we're talking about, and R A the Rugged Man and um, God, what was S A Smash? I believe is what they were called, and their album was called Smashy Trashy. Um, anyways, I, I I opened up for those guys, and I remember R A didn't perform; he was just there. Yeah, and uh, he was in the background. I don't know this guy. I was kind of afraid to go near him, like he was almost sprinting back and forth in the green room like and i mean like fast you know what i mean like champion speedwalker <laughs> shit where like the hips and Just shoulders like are yeah. yeah like and, and the room is probably you know from this wall here to to like the end of my kitchen so it wasn't a giant green room but i was like i tried to introduce myself hey ra i'm a fan you know what i mean like yeah. i didn't say that i wanted to but i was just like kind of like what is going on he was like sweating profusely i don't want to say he was on drugs but he looked like he was on drugs you know what i mean so i was just like i'm just I, gonna not meet you you know what i mean so i, I left him inter- alone i've heard interviews with ra and the way you describe him sounds like how he is in interviews just like he is rapid he was frantic fire. Yeah. yeah he was frantic and that might just be who he is yeah you know what i mean like don't get me wrong he didn't do anything to offend no you. no he wasn't rude uh but he just was I'd never seen anybody pace like that. <laughs> I was like, all right, clearly he's he's thinking of something. I'm not going to interrupt. Him. But well, cool. Um, I I think I think we should probably uh, dive into the film uh, 1989's Luther the Greek, directed by Carlton J. Albright. Throughout America in the early 20th century, circus carnivals crisscrossed the continental United States. Carney Barkers hawked and baited a curious public to come see the sideshow freaks. But of all the bizarre acts, the strangest was the geek. The geek was a man so down on his luck he'd do anything for a drink. But to earn that shot of cheap whiskey, 
He had to bite the head off a live chicken and drink its blood. Do we want to let this Watts character back out in the real world? Yes, I think we do. Who is Luther Watts? Paroled killer. There's a two-state alarm out for his arrest. Coming through, people! Move! Back up! Back up! Come on, Jesus! Move! You know what the guards used to call old Luther? The geek. Because he liked to bite his victims on the neck and watch them bleed to death. Stop! Sanders wants to fry your ass. Luther is the story of a different kind of geek. What does uh, trauma and vinegar syndrome have in common? <laughs> Luther the Geek. A few, a few movies actually. Yeah, quite a few, a lot actually. I was looking at Vinegar Syndrome's catalog the other day, and I was like, "Holy crap, they got a lot of trauma films." Which I think is great. I, I think I, the thing that I like about it is it still says trauma on the back of the video, and they still have the red skyline with, with the yeah. doo doo doo, you know, the the trauma music, you know. So one of the things that always bothers me is um you have i'm just gonna call them the whore hipsters who exclusively buy you know vinegar syndrome stuff and they will you know and they love so anti-trauma yeah and they love everything vinegar syndrome puts out but you realize that's a trauma movie and they're like but it's not like a real trauma film and it's like i'm gonna fucking slap the smile off your face all right i you just opened you you just (laughs) opened a can of worms for me because there are people who are diehard fucking horror fans. Yeah. And they they scoff at trauma. You're like, why would you scoff at trauma, dude? It's like they have so many great horror films. And they I, have so many great comedies. They have so many great horror comedies. It's like, how can you not put trauma in a fucking horror conversation? And what what I you know? usually come come to the people who say that they think trauma means just Lloyd Kaufman movies, and I can yeah. understand if you're not a Lloyd Kaufman fan. I don't sure. get it, and I probably don't like you. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but like it's like okay, but that's yeah. not trauma, and that so then Vinegar Syndrome puts these movies out. They do a fantastic job, and I'm re I I love, I love Vinegar Syndrome. They James do. and. Again, Teresa from yeah. Scream Screen, Kate from Mirror Fears and Church Fireworks for him. You know, like every James, like I said, James was so nice to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Vinegar Syndrome's fucking rad. If you look at my shelf, you, you can I've got a million vinegar Same syndrome. Same here. Movies. I have a ton. But you I know? I just hate that 
there's like that weird subsect. They're like, the, well, those aren't real trauma movies. Like, like Death by Temptation or Luther the Geek. Those aren't real trauma films. Yeah. And it's like, like no trauma had the foresight in the first place to put this out. They saw value in these movies to bring them to the world in the first place. Yeah. Well, I think the problem is, is um, most people when I get into the trauma shouldn't be classified as horror talk with people. They, their argument is always trauma's war for some reason. I'm like, well, trauma's war is not a horror film. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, why would you even bring that up? You know what I mean? That's, that's a war film. It's a, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. a comedy about war. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's got nothing to do with horror, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't get it, but it's like everybody, like people who are not trauma fans for, for some reason, they've all seen trauma's war and they all hate it. You, you know, know it's I mean? probably because it was on Joe Bob. That could be, you know, what and I mean? it yeah. had a, you know, just a little more wider. Yeah, r- even 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 Darcy is like, mm, you know what I mean, and I love Darcy, you know what I mean, but it's like, come on, Darcy, you got to like some trauma movies. <laughs> well, <laughs> and know? that's and that's why, like, on this show, I'm I'm digging into the titles that aren't the Toxic Avengers and stuff like that because. Yeah. I want people to know there's more than just those movies. Yeah, there's and, more than Toxie, more than Sergeant Kabuki Man. And as much as I love those, they're like too. I love we them. need to celebrate their entire body of of movies that they put out. Sure. Squeeze play. Uh, Squeeze play, yeah, absolutely. You know. So it's so I'm I'm glad that you uh you chose to do Luther the Geek. I know the first movie we were talking about was Maniac Nurses. Maniac Nurses is one of my all time favorite trauma it's films. It's such a good movie. And I still want to talk about that one on the show at some point, but researching that one proved to be a little bit harder just because yeah. there's not a lot. Of, I couldn't find much about it either. There's just not yeah. a lot of information about that movie out there. So that might be one I'll have to like track the filmmakers down to talk, talk about it because sure. yeah. just to get those stories out there. Cause there has to be stories with that movie, but Luther, the geek, there is plenty of stories. Um, I actually have an audio clip I'm going to play of the director, Carl, uh, talking about where they came up with the idea for Luther the Geek. It, an interesting thing happened. We were uh, uh, sitting around uh, the table at dinner, uh, my kids and I, and we were talking about uh, strange things that happened, and, I, and they were using the term geek. Oh, he's a geek, she's a geek, this and that. And I asked him, I said, do you know what uh, the term geek really, where it came from, and... Uh, and uh, what it's about, and none of them knew that uh, geeks were people that were uh, that bit the heads off of chickens or snakes uh, in the sideshow. Side they were the freaks. They were the, the 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 ones that were so down on their luck that they, for for a drink of whiskey, uh, would do almost anything. And biting the heads of chickens was probably pretty disgusting. And people were willing to pay money for that in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s. So, uh, given that little conversation at, uh, at the table, uh, I was speaking with uh, uh, a guy that I know really well, Whitey Styles, and uh, told him about the geek story and this and that, and he said, ah, I can come up with something about that. And uh, he also knows Ed Terry. Uh, Ed Terry is, the, is Luther in Luther the Geek. So came up with uh, this little story about uh, Luther the Geek. Only it wasn't called Luther the Geek back then. He was just Luther. And uh, the original title for uh, the screenplay and for the movie, at least during production, was The Freak. And one thing I like to do uh, when researching these movies, I like to see 
what other trauma connections like the cast and crew has. And there's actually uh, quite a few um, on here. So the one six thing, degrees of Kevin Bacon type of thing. Right. Except yeah. for it's all like six degrees, six degrees of, of trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the director, he uh, and I don't know how I never knew this, but he wrote and directed the children. Oh, I didn't know that either. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the main actor, Ed Terry, and one of the other actors, uh, Gil Rogers, they acted in The Children. A bunch of people worked on The Children. Um, was Stacy Heiduk in it? No. I'd just like to say thank you to Stacy Heiduk for wearing that pink tank top in uh, <laughs> Luther the Geek. Yeah. <laughs> she actually like ended up having a pretty successful acting career yeah. like i like was looking at her imdb yesterday and i was like wow she's done a lot yeah i mean she's very attractive so you could definitely yeah, see and when you're easy on the, the eyes acting in the movie is actually yeah. pretty good it, like yeah, the movie's actually got like for as cheesy as it can be it's actually got some really like genuinely creepy moments to it you yeah know? um a couple other uh trauma connections so um the cinematographer, David Knox, he was an assistant camera on Toxic Avenger Part 2. Rad. Which is cool. Um, one of the actors, Chris Spritzer, was in Bloodhook. Um, the gaffer was a second AC on Play Dead. Um, one of The third AC was an electrician on Time, Bar- Time Barbarians. You'll get a kick out of this one. Michael Jordan, who, who did the re-recording for this, he also uh, did There's Nothing Out There re-recording audio in there. <laughs> so, and then, You know, Michael Jordan, the all-time, the yeah, goat of basketball. Exactly. The greatest of all time. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> he worked on a trauma movie. Yeah, did exactly. you know that? People did, before he did Space Jam, he got his, uh, his, his uh, toes You all wet. have to start somewhere, and yeah. I'm glad he paid his dues in trauma. That's bill. right. Everybody does. Hey, ask George Clooney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then a bunch of people uh, worked on on this crew also worked on maniac cop too so i love all the maniac cop movies man those are fun it's kind of it's still weird to me that trauma just bought like all those movies yeah (laughs) i mean they're very trauma-esque you know what i mean um without the silly the silliness you know um yeah here's a kind of a i made did i ever tell you my little fun factoid about toxic avenger 3 and my mom Uh -uh. uh so now my mom was not in the movie but she had a friend whose kids were on the bus Oh, that's awesome! Like the devil, uh, the devil fight in front of yeah. the, the the school bus. Yeah, two of her kids were on that bus. So that's my awesome. mom was like, "Oh, that's my friend." Blah blah blah. I don't remember her name. I can't ask now because, like I said, my mom has passed away. But like, uh, so I, I wish I could remember who it was. You know, that's pretty funny. So that's cool. <laughs> so is interesting that this movie was originally shot under the title "The Freak." Yes, and I guess they were. They were threatened with potential lawsuit because of, of freaks. Of freaks, yeah. so they decided to change it to Luther the Geek, which I I feel like makes the movie stand out more than the freak. I feel like the freak probably would have got yeah, lost. Yeah, th- yeah, it would have got lost in the in the shuffle with that name. You, um, the thing I like about that at the beginning, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. At the beginning of the movie, you know, it's like they show the guy in the cage and he's biting the chicken's head off and you think it's Luthor but or Luther Lex Luthor is what I just said Luthor <laughs> Luthor but, uh, the um, geek <laughs> yeah but it's uh, it's not Luther is the little boy that's you that's know what I mean? the that's and, uh, the Zach Bynes cut of Justice that's League. A, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I like about that is when the narrator comes on and he says the geek an American phenomenon. <laughs> and then it's all 19 years later, you know? Yeah. For 20 I, years. I, well, yeah, let's just oh, yeah. dig into the plot on here. So, um, it takes, it, like you said, it starts out in rural Illinois in 1938. 38, yeah. And 
and we're at the we're at the circus and you see all these farmers with torches and and then you see like just like this disheveled man in a cage, like a circus cage or a circus train or something and everybody's chanting geek 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 <laughs> and then he just grabs a chick- chicken and bites the head off and everybody goes silent <laughs> and that's the dumb thing is they all know he's going to do it. You and know then what I mean? Like somebody actually <laughs> handed him the chicken. You know what I mean? They're like, like oh God, I didn't know he was actually going to bite the head yeah. off of. He's known for biting heads off of chickens. I just handed it to him and he bit its head off. I can't believe he did it. I thought this was just one big tease. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know he'd be a real cock gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's going to oh, be the, man. that's my one. For, oh, for that's fucking rad, dude. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you had that locked and loaded, and I appreciate it. <laughs> so, um, but in all the commotion of this, there's a little boy there who gets his face smashed on like a hubcap of a wagon wheel, and he breaks his teeth out. And uh, so, after the the guy he uh, he bites the head off, and the crowd disperses. The little boy goes up, who's actually uh, the director's son, okay. uh, is the little boy, and you see him just you know kind of twitching and acting weird, and he tastes the blood of the chicken and he's all hey it's not so bad and then and then 19 years later <laughs> present day yeah. luther the geek and it's funny because if you look at his rap sheet for three murders he's given 100 to 200 years yeah for all three of them and then they're like you know he's been pretty good for so you yeah, know a handful of years so why don't we just parole, parole this meeting. guy <laughs> <laughs> and and that like there's one guy and they make the the guy who's like no, this guy should not fucking leave jail yeah. or prison. He should be in here for the rest of his life. And they make him look like the asshole. They're like, he's been a model prisoner. Yeah. And so, and so, like, like he's like, only oh. got a six hundred year sentence. He's been a model prisoner. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, I was like, and well, and and right before that though, we we see him uh, making metal teeth and uh, like metal dentures. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, so you're like oh, all we know about adult Luther is that he killed three people. He's in jail for 300 ye- at least 300 years. Yeah. He has metal teeth and then they say, "Oh, he used to uh bite the necks of victims and watch them bleed to death." And they're like, "But he's been a model prisoner. Let's let him go." And and yeah. so he uh so we see him out out of uh out of prison and he steals a jacket from a Mexican butcher who happens to be chopping up chickens. Yeah. And and uh, he runs into the supermarket and he's wearing sunglasses hey, and he he steals those sunglasses. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> His uh, fresh aviators. Yep. And he has quite the look. Luther does. He does. I almost got some raw eggs for us to re- recreate that, but I didn't want to. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we'd have to do yeah. that over your sink. Yeah, exactly. And it's just not, there's something not Lutheresque when you're trying not to get eggs on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Luther, he has quite the look to him. He's kind of just like this tall, lanky, balding. Bald guy, but he's got the hair on the sides. Yeah. Um, I actually have a clip of the director talking about Ed Terry, the actor who played uh, Luther. Ed and I talked about how we saw the character and whatever. And uh, I pretty much just allowed Ed, knowing Ed as I, as I knew him, uh, to just start evolving that character with is he he twist his head uh if you notice that little luther was doing the same thing little luther is uh my young son will and uh will and ed got along absolutely terrifically uh you know they're a couple of kids together of course will was the kid and ed was the big kid 
Uh, but they got along just famously together, and uh, I allowed I, Ed pretty much his own reign. Uh, we talked about stuff, we'd go to dinner and whatever. Uh, he'd, he'd really clean himself up. Uh, he's, he, uh, he'd stop drinking. Uh, in fact, he, I, don't, I don't think he'd had a drink since he went to L.A. Uh, in, in a long time. And, and he's, a, he's a strong little character, and I knew that, that and, and an, an incredibly talented man. And I'm just sad that he just didn't pursue his acting career as, as staunchly as he should. I didn't tell him how to cluck. He came up with his own clucks and, you know, and his dances and whatever, but uh, that was all in the script, the, the dance of death when he kills Beth, uh, the, 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 the crowing, after he makes a kill, the rooster crow, that's, that was all in script. He just, he just had to execute what was there. The one thing I like about the supermarket scene is I like catching uh, editing mistakes in films. And after he's thrown out for eating the raw eggs and yeah. stealing the, 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 the last egg, he goes out on the sidewalk and he sits next to the old woman. Yeah. She drops the egg and he bites her neck and kills her. Um, so when he runs off, if you look when he's running to check car doors, cause he hears the police are coming, yeah. you can see the cameraman in the window, oh, really? in the windows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reflection, you can see the boom mic, you can see the camera. I was like, rad dude. I love that. Um, especially because they could have redone it because it was fairly obvious when you see it. You're like, and then they did it again. You're like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I, I wonder if, you know, just shooting low budget, like it's like, fuck it. We don't have the money to, yeah, to and, reshoot that. And maybe they didn't catch it. You know what I mean? There is a good chance that they didn't catch it. You know what I mean? Or they thought, who's going to see that? You know what I mean? But I, well, yeah, they, I look they're for probably that kind of like, stuff. like, Who's going to have, like, the cleaned-up vinegar syndrome yeah. blue? So it's not like there's going to be a podcast about this movie in the future. Ha, we got you. Yeah. Well, one thing I, I liked inside the grocery store was I, I like movies from, you know, the 80s, and you can see the cereal aisle, and there's a whole yeah, scene on rad. the cereal aisle, and you're like, all right, what kind of stuff do they got back there? Yep. I usually end up having to rewind the scene because the first time I'm always looking at the boxes of cereal. I'm always looking for the monster cereals. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm like, oh, well, it's clearly not October. You know, or you know? or see uh, if they have like a box of C-3PO's or something. Sure, yeah, something <laughs> to do with the time period, yeah. Um, but so then, yeah, he uh, he gets out of there, and he bites the neck of this old lady at a bus stop who uh is definitely not an old woman like no definitely not and even so the first time i watched this movie i have the i have the vinegar center but i also have the trauma uh dvd and it's it's not the best quality transfer it's it's all right it's from a tape master i'm the sure the trauma one yeah yeah um and even then i was like i thought it was somebody in drag <laughs> at first like Did you? playing it. i just thought it was a young lady that they painted up as well a, as an and old it turns woman. out that's that's what happened it's like a 20 something year old as an old lady um i actually have a director uh the clip of the director talking about that scene with the old lady nice old lady special effects were our first effect and uh uh it's the one that's the least effective it's the one it took us the longest to shoot it, it, it took us between eight and ten hours to, to, to shoot that effect, which was way too long. Uh, I allowed uh, the special effects guy to storyboard it, and of course the storyboards were, were my suggestions and my approval for the shots, but I allowed him to essentially shoot the first shot, 
and it just was interminable. Uh, it just went on and on and on, and uh, we didn't get great coverage. It's just uh, the coverage that we had ended up being with the, we had it looks like spaghetti underneath her chin, which was terrible. I hated. Uh, way too much blood, blood shooting out all over the place, and uh, he thought that was good, and I, and I hated it uh, because it wasn't, it wasn't real. And, you know, this was the first effect. I wanted it to really punch and, and, and scare people, shock people, and whatever, and I was certainly bloody, and, and we cut around it in the final version, uh, uh, thanks to a terrific editor, Rick Smigelski. I mean, Rick just, he had to pull his hair out trying to get frame, frames enough that it didn't look cheesy, it didn't look dumb. And uh, um, it was very difficult. But we learned from that. We learned that you, you have, to, you, you have to, to be smart. It was our first effect. And you have to control the effect. You can't let the special effect guy control you. It's it's the least I mean it's it's the cheesiest of all the kills. Yeah, and that's what he was saying. It's yeah. um he was like he's like this is the first effect we ever shot for the movie and it was And you could tell cuz they got better as the movie went along. And and yeah, in that clip I I just played the he's like we just had to learn how to control that special effects guy and not let him do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah. Which I think, you know, most of the time I'm under the impression of let the effects guy you know they know what they're doing but you could tell that the i'm glad he uh that he reeled him in a little bit yeah quite yeah. a bit and so luther starts running around the parking lot looking for an unlocked car which and, happens to be a caprice classic yeah that he hops into <laughs> uh, the the classic hoopty <laughs> no that's actually what it's called a caprice classic and yeah. uh and they take off down and down the road and luther's hiding in the back seat which I don't know how she didn't see him. I thought the same thing. I was like, man, even if he made himself as small as possible, how did you not see him back? Like there? a tall, lanky, balding <laughs> yeah. guy with metal teeth. But I guess it makes more sense than like the end of House of a Thousand Corpses where they don't see the person laying down in the backseat of a convertible. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Otis happens to cop up. Hey, didn't like, see me? Yeah, didn't see me back Shout there. out to Bill Mosley. Yeah, he's awesome. So, and she drives to a secluded farm out into the middle of nowhere, which is actually the director's uh, mother-in-law's farm. I guess she was renting it out to some people who trashed it out. And she's like, well, we can't rent this out anymore. He's like, well, since you got this farm and barn, uh, mind if we shoot a movie there? And it's a pretty cool looking location. Like, Yeah, and if you notice inside the house, there's a chicken in every scene. I did not notice that. Yeah, I um, like I said, I watched it twice in the last month. I watched it last night, and then uh, um, no, I lied to you. I lost. I watched it two nights ago because I watched the Nuggets last night. Um, not chicken nuggets, by the way. <laughs> uh, either way, um, yeah, I noticed the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, there's a couple chickens in this scene. But then when I rewatched it, there's chicken decorations everywhere throughout that house. That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. Especially, especially in the kitchen. I. I'm going to have to to watch that. I did not pick that yeah, up. Yeah, there's That's a chicken cool. on the table. It's like, I don't know if it's a cookie jar, but it's a glass jar, and you can take the top off. And then on the wall by the refrigerator and the windows, there's uh, some metal chicken decals on the wall. And then I think the, don't quote me, but I remember seeing more throughout the house. I No, that's pretty cool. I For how 
chicken heavy this movie is. I yeah. bet, I'm sure that's totally intentional. Oh, I guarantee it yeah. was. Yeah, I'm sure they're like, let's find as much chicken stuff and throw it in there. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, so she's unloading her groceries, and then um, she looks back out and she sees that the back door of her car is open, and then she just sees Luther over at the barn chasing the chickens around and he catches one and bites its head off so apparently they had to import all the chickens for this movie oh wow because they uh they weren't the right color he was like he's like yeah they have like white chickens here and like if you do a bloody effect with on a white chicken you can only do that once Sure. So, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, there are a lot of brown and black chickens in that movie. I yeah, noticed, yeah, and by design, they probably only had like the one, one or two like fake chickens with the heads that are chopped off. So they yeah. probably just use that all the time. Um, and then he's like, after the after the filming, uh, we just sold them to local farmers. Maybe they turned them into fryers. Maybe they got the eggs from them. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I'd like to think some of those chickens are still alive today. Yeah. I don't know how old a chicken lives. doubt that very highly. Yeah. Um, but so Luther runs up to break into the house and the, and the, it's, I didn't catch this. Did they ever say the name of this woman or do they just call her mom later in the movie i think to be honest with you i don't really remember i think i mean obviously stacy or beth the character beth kept calling her mom you know but yeah i never never heard her name but um she grabs a shotgun and kind of gets in a tug of war with luther and he gets it from her and then is a scene very much texas chainsaw massacre too sure when he puts the barrel under her dress and pulls it up yeah revealing her underwear yeah so, um, which and, were very grandma panties, right? So, yeah, yeah, very, very. <laughs> so uh, they did that correctly because if she was wearing real fancy underwear, you'd be like, "Wait a minute, that's not how <laughs> a woman who lives by herself dresses." <laughs> right? I, maybe she does like. But, hey, that everyone was, likes to feel sexy sometimes. Yeah, and it's like maybe the day when you're going to buy a big old bag of Doritos and like <laughs> eggs from town forty five minutes away. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You might run into a hunk down there. <laughs> Um, but he tries to shoot her in the crotch and there's no ammo. So she kicks, kicks him in the balls and, and runs upstairs and he starts following her. And this is really kind of the first time we see Luther like really clucking like a chicken. Yes. Um, where very much for the rest of the movie, he's very chicken and yeah, he's very chicken through the rest of the movie. Um, I mean, he did cluck when he stole the jacket. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that, when he steals the jacket at the beginning and clucks at him, the guy's butchering a chicken. So to me, like at, like first viewing, it felt like he was just kind of mocking the guy. Yeah. Like, like got your jacket. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, so he, uh, he chases her into the bedroom and kicks her in the finds her in the closet and kicks her in the head, knocks her out. Knees her in the head and then kicks her in the ribs. Yeah. And it's funny if, real life was anything like this movie like people would be getting knocked the fuck out all the time yeah like there everybody gets knocked out by like a blow to the head and i'm just thinking like like i'm clumsy as fuck i drop stuff under my table all the time and hit my head all the time and i i don't think i've ever been knocked out <laughs> yeah well uh being hit in the head is never fun. I'll tell yeah, you that much. It's never yeah. fun, but I've never been knocked out. Not yeah. as easy it is, as it is in Luther the Geek. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he uh, he throws he drags her to the bedroom and throws her on the bed and he starts ripping uh, strips of fabric from sheets and starts tying her to the bed. And then we we hear a motorcycle 
uh, pull up and he gets interrupted by uh, by the the woman's daughter Beth and her boyfriend Rob. They pull up on a motorcycle. So they they come into the house and they see that the window of the door is broken out. And they're very nonchalant about it, man. So you know. if if you are like going to visit your mom and you pull up to her house and you see the doors open with broken glass on the floor. Would you be like, she locks herself out of the house so She's many times. She's always losing her keys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like oh, dumb old mom breaking the window again. How many again. times has mom done that where <laughs> that's not a thing in their yeah, house? No, that was, yeah, I was like, hmm, okay. But yeah. Um, so Luther hears him coming in, and so he just locks the door of the of the bedroom, and he's still going to tie up mom. And, and Beth is is eager to get out of her clothings so she that her boyfriend sprayed whipped cream on yeah so she's like well i guess i'll go take a shower I better go take a shower and yeah. uh that bathroom is actually a set the whole thing was built yeah yeah which if you like i watch a lot of low budget movies and you can almost always tell when it's yeah, a set. i didn't know that was a set no it looks like a real bathroom yeah i don't actually i didn't yeah when i watched the special features is when i was like oh they built that shower for that scene and it, it, it's in a tub like any low budget movie that i if i would have made this movie you could see the garden hose sticking out of the <laughs> spray painted piece of cardboard that yeah I exactly <laughs> So no, honestly, yeah, that was a really good effect because it looked like a real shower to me. Which is funny, yeah. It's it's like one of the most impressive like like effects in Luther the Geek is this bathroom set because yeah. I had, it, it's a very nice looking bathroom. <laughs> yes, I should get whoever made that set to remodel my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, she takes a takes a shower and and Luther sneaks his way over there, clucking his way, and he goes and hides in the closet. But meanwhile, boyfriend Rob, he has other ideas. So he goes to join Beth in the shower and they start soaping each other up. She puts the soap in his butt and leaves the shower. But she's like, have fun. And she's like, clean behind your ears. And it's like, not with that soap. It's been in my butt. I've been riding on a motorcycle. That's butt soap. No, thank you. Yeah. And you ever wonder where those little hairs on your bar soap came from? It's it's all a clone from Rob's butt from Luther the Geek. So, and then this was probably one of the funnier like i don't know i've never seen this in another movie but so they 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 go to make whoopee on the on the the bed and the sounds of the headboard of, uh, knocking on the wall yeah wakes, wakes mama. the mama <laughs> <laughs> she was knocked out for fucking ever you know yeah, what i mean like, and like ever they're she not was being, in a coma <laughs> they're not being quiet in the house they're like very loud like oh we're here we're having a good time we're taking a shower but the sound of the headboard wakes mom up from yeah. her uh, coma she's like it sounds like my daughter's fucking <laughs> i better wake up from being knocked out yeah um <laughs> yeah. and yeah. but unfortunately the the whoopee is cut short because they hear luther trying to steal the motorcycle yes and he is not doing a very good job of stealing this motorcycle. No. And, uh, yeah i mean he can't even ride it you yeah know, he's having a hard time with it which i mean i guess if you've been in prison that long well watching it again the other night like the first few times i've seen this movie maybe 10 times throughout the years um watching it the other night I think he was doing it just to lure Rob out of the house because he could have just gone up and attacked them in bed and then the movie's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? He kills them both in bed, Jason Voorhees style. Um, but 
I think he honestly going back and watching it again, I think he was just luring him out so he could have his way with the ladies. Yeah, in the house. He, that way he could get rid of the guy and then just you know be a ladies' man for the rest of the movie. That makes sense. Yeah. So Rob goes after Luther on foot, and he's like. Which I guess here makes more sense because he's able to keep up with the motorcycle chasing him on foot and he's like wearing cowboy boots. Yeah, so that's what makes me think. And, and plus, Luther's, he can't ride it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so Luther wipes out on the bike and then, so what does Rob do? He just makes sure his bike is okay. He doesn't even check out the dude who just stole his motorcycle. Doesn't he kick him? I thought he kicked him. He he does. He's he's. Uh, I could be wrong though. I thought I thought he kicked. He Luther. he does kick him, but he's like, all right, that's that. Yeah. Let's go over to this motorcycle. Sure. And and so, uh, um, no, Luther Luther kicks him in the head, and knocks him, out. hits him with the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Knocks him out, and then then he uh, crows like a rooster. Um, so at this point we cut back to the house and Beth hears her mom crying for help and she tries to untie her. And this is where you definitely start feeling the dread in this. Yeah. Movie. And this is actually where the movie starts getting really creepy. You know what I mean? Where it actually turns from like a silly trauma esque film to like, wow, this is actually like a very creepy serial killer moment. Right. Up, you're you're you like, know? is this going to turn into like a last house on the left type yeah. of situation? Yeah. Um, so, and, Beth hides under the bed and Luther is, is looking for her and may I chime in? Yeah. So this part here, this is another editing mistake I caught. So, uh, once he comes back, um, and Rob's in the field passed out or knocked out, I should say, um, he comes back. If you notice right when he walks in, I mean, right when he walks in and the camera's looking down the hallway at him, Luther is still wearing his boots. But literally a second later, when he comes up the stairs, he's wearing Rob's Rob's red boots. So it was like uh, that was an editing mistake. You know what I mean? They should have had him wearing the red boots coming in because it's literally it takes him three seconds to walk up the stairs, and then all yeah. of a sudden he's wearing Rob's red cowboy boots. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> and and then they decided to make that like a big plot point too. Yes. Um, where later she's like, "Oh, I knew something was wrong because he was wearing Rob's boots." Yeah. Um. So so. Uh, the phone rings kind of interrupts him looking for for Beth and he just loses it and starts smashing the phone and destroying the house and then he goes and grabs a gun gun and ammo um steals the car and he leaves um he goes back over to to Rob who's like gotten up at this point and and Luther's stalking him um, and Rob comes across a hunter and he surprises him because I know I've never been hunting, so maybe I'm naive. But if I hear somebody be like, Hey, help me, my yes. first response would be like, I better shoot that deer in yeah. the chest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, Dick Cheney, that guy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah. thought you were a geek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't take kindly to to people in these yeah. parts. In general. <laughs> and then when Luther comes up, he's like, I didn't know he was, I didn't mean to shoot him. And so then Luther bites the hunter's neck and kills him, and his teeth falls out. And I don't know if that was a mistake, but they just already shot it, so they decided to keep going. Yeah. At um, first, I thought it was going to be an editing mistake, and then you actually see Luther put him back down, in. Reach down, grab it, and put him back in his I, mouth. Just kind of gauging from you know, shooting enough low budget stuff where it's like it's every a happy accident, a Bob Ross moment, like everything's so you fucked know. up in blood and his teeth fell out in the middle. They're like, we can't reshoot that. 
So we might as well just get the insert shot of him putting the teeth back in. Yeah, and it's a, it was an easy fix. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it actually kind of made the scene cooler. Um, so, so at this point, the mom, she breaks free from one of her restraints, but Beth is like paralyzed in fear. As, as you can imagine, she just knows that, you know, nothing good is, is going on. So her mom's like, you need to find some scissors to cut the rest of these restraints. And the car pulls back up, just laying on the horn and you hear Rob crying for help at the same time. Um, so at this point, Luther, he, uh, he takes them all hostage at gunpoint and Rob, mom, daughter, and we hear a cop car pull up. Um, so Luther takes Rob at knife point and um, the cop, the cop comes up to the house and Beth, you because know, the headlights were on in the car. Yeah. yeah. And, and Beth goes to, um, you know, kind of just get the cop out of there. So they, you know, which is funny, this scene where she's talking to the cop, because clearly, clearly... Something is wrong. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she's like, oh, I just broke up with my boyfriend. But it's like, hmm. Yeah, it's like, that's 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 fear. That's not sad. Yeah. yeah. So so just that <laughs> the cop's reaction to all that made me laugh. It's like, all right, well, just turn off those headlights okay like, wait a minute you want some coffee he's like i'm on duty ma'am and then i like when he comes back he's like i just came back for the coffee <laughs> wait, like, with, with the mom <laughs> yeah but like yeah. five minutes later <laughs> it's not even i just came back for the coffee yeah so he he leaves and um and then she goes back in the house and luther beats her up and and then this scene kind of kind of uh reminded me a little bit of uh, Tim Burton's Batman. Maybe he watched Luther the Geek, but remember when the Joker grabs Vicky Vale and just starts like dancing, waving yeah. her around, like almost like a limp, like limp a Vicky. ragdoll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. starts doing that with with her as well. Um, you ever you ever dance with a chicken in the pavement <laughs> <laughs> or something like that? So, um, and then he. It's interesting here because he just like starts sucking on her neck, like he doesn't. Yeah, he's not biting her. He's like just like yeah, like suckling. Yeah. Um. So, which was very creepy, dude. Like, it was because she's out cold. You know what I mean? Like, she. she yeah, got, it's just, it was just creepy. Yeah. Um, very rapey that 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 moment. It this movie is weird because it is very rapey and there's no rape. In yeah, the movie. there's no actual rape in the movie, but. I and I think this also comes from. It almost is more like an emotional rape with how he does what he does yeah. to them, you know. And for how many different like horror movies we've you and me have watched, whoers, uh, um, whoa, movies, uh, these documentary films I've seen on the internet. But no, um, but you expect it like, like you're like, oh, this is even Mother's Day, like, like you're like Mother's this Day is, is a legit rape movie, yeah. yeah and mean, like, so like yeah. here, like you, it feels like we're gonna be wandering in that territory, yeah, for several a minute there. times, yeah. like even like with the shotgun scene at the beginning when he's yeah. tying the mom up to the bed, and I li- well, especially because he ties her face down with her legs spread, I was like, oh god, he's gonna rape her, you know what I mean? And and had Beth and Rob come, he probably would have, yeah, you know, and it's so. It just you you feel like that dread for the characters the whole time. You're like, this yeah. is just gonna get. And I would like to say I am glad that there was no rape in the movie. You know what I mean? Like I was like, because it just didn't. I mean, the movie is heavy enough as it is. Yeah, it doesn't. Know? It didn't yeah. need it. Which yeah, I honestly I feel like. I mean, it, I, it almost made it more suspenseful 
that it didn't happen because yeah. you're just dreading for when it that does. It, yeah, when is it going to happen? And, and, all, yeah. and that it doesn't. So, like, you're, you know, it's, but they still get fucked mentally. Yeah. Through exactly. the whole thing. Um, but at this point, mom, it, mom ended up freeing herself and she knocks Luther down and locks him in the bedroom. And she finds both, both the kids, Robin, Beth, and she gives Beth a big old hug and she, uh, Beth spits out blood and then she dies, which when I was watching this, I was like, I think she died. Yeah. It wasn't very clear, but she definitely died. Cause you they, know I mean? yeah. cause they, uh, at least that's how I took it. Yeah. You know, um, and I guess we, we forgot to say this when when Luther uh, beat her up and like he throws her down, he throws her down next to Rob, who's like got his heart, heart literally on the outside of his chest. chest and you can beating. see its last few beats. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's that was pretty, pretty cool. That, that was, was a good yeah. effect. <laughs> um, so then the the mom runs out of the house and the cop cop is back. He's like, I'm here for that coffee. Yeah. So and the cop, he goes into the locked room and he notices it's empty. The, the window is open and then his sirens on his car goes off. So he runs out and nobody's out there. Um, so he's trying to start his cop car. It won't start. He tries to start the other car. It's not going to start. Um, and then Luther clucks at him from the barn and the cop follows him in with probably one of the best lines in the film. All right, chicken man, Colonel Sanders wants to fry your ass. <laughs> My favorite line of the whole movie. It, no, it's definitely the best line in the movie, Yeah, which is funny. Cause like, um, listening to the commentary, the director said that he didn't want it to be, he knew this movie could be silly and he wanted to take it serious. So that's like why the gore effects, they tone try to tone him down after that first one, even though they're still very brutal and gory there. It's not like the first one is like arterial spray 10 feet away. Um, they kind of tone him down, but I love that he kept this campy line in the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it was very 1980s. Right. You know what I mean, yeah, it was like, everybody's like, Oh, well, Schwarzenegger's got cool one liners. We got to have him do one. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, and, and it's also, like, kind of nice, like, especially with with uh, this type of movie. I've seen some directors who don't know the type of movie they made or they forget, like, like it's like, oh, at the end of the day, you still made a movie about a geek who's, like, biting people's necks. So, like, they didn't forget. Like, you could tell, like, they still, like, we made yeah. a chicken killer movie. I, when I, yeah, exactly. Like, when I try to explain this movie to people, I'm like, it sounds really fucking cheesy. And at times it's really fucking cheesy, but overall it's, it's a really creepy fucking movie. The horror scenes are horrific. It's actually got really terrifying moments. Like the guy who plays Luther is actually pretty fucking scary. I I think part of it is just because he look, he looks like just some weirdo you would see on the bus. He'd come up and bite you, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I agree. He looks like any, any random homeless Colfaxian who is going to come up and bite your face off. You know what I mean? Yeah. He looks like Keith Apicary. If I'm not familiar. I, I, after, after you record, I'll show you a video. He looks like Keith Apicary in a horror movie. If you don't know who Keith Apicary is, he's like a video game rapper and he's like on America's got talent all the time. Like he's doing like weird dance moves with Megaron. Yeah. I think he did do a Megaron. Megaron's rad dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so 
the cop he's he's looking for Luther in the barn, and Luther's like just throwing chickens at him. (laughs) (laughs) They have a pretty epic fight scene too. Like it's a long fight scene. The fight scene, like once it starts, not as good as they live, but as long as long as yeah, it's. but, it, 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 might, it might be about 32 seconds shorter than the day live fight, yeah. but it's, it's really long. It's a long fight scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. the cop, he just starts shooting, shooting around, and when the shooting stops, the mom, she runs out of the house because she thinks something's wrong. She grabs a gun, and she goes in the chicken, and she hears... And this part, this I thought was probably one of the creepiest scenes in the movie. Where he bites his finger off? Well, before that, when she's in there, and she she hears... Just the clucking, yeah, and and you're not sure if it's the chickens in the coop or if it's Luther. Like it's a creepy, unsettling scene. Yeah. So she she goes to uh, to shoot the what she thinks is Luther, but it's a chicken, and she's not a good shot. So she knocks herself out yeah. with the gun, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, remains there till the end of the movie. Yeah, and so the cop goes to investigate, and Luther cha- tackles him. They start struggling, and um. The cop gets the upper hand and he goes to handcuff uh, Luther, which I thought, you know, in in a kind of a horror slasher type movie, you usually see the cop going for the kill and not the I'm going to take you downtown to the big house, big boy. Yeah. So, yeah, he tried to slap the cuffs on him. Do it it the way of justice. (laughs) It didn't work because his finger gets bitten off and then Luther bites him in the neck and uh thus ends romeo or uh not romeo the white knight the white knight has exited the film and yes. and we see luther leave leave the barn and the sun rises as far as luther's concerned the mom like everybody is dead yeah she's not a threat at this point so he changes his clothes and he comes back into the barn with a burlap sack wearing rob's button up yep yeah and he starts gathering chickens and it made me think I'm probably terrified of chickens and I could not grab one in like if I if I was in the movie they'd be like Zach we need you to pick up this chicken I'd be like that thing's going to bite me. <laughs> so this point of the movie it says it was this bit of extremely horrifying di- dialogue from Luther that forever cemented Luther the geek in cinematic history where Luther said and then uh, yeah scary absolutely terrifying. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I'm no I'm no Luther, but that's how it sounded. I have heard you do sound like a bit of a cock sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So and so he Luther sees the mom in in the in the barn, and they have you know they she's cracked at this point, and she's like clucking back at him. But you you know kind of like maybe this will get him to to leave me alone, and and then he. He's like, oh, she's talking to me in chicken. And they. Uh, and he starts getting into it. He starts dancing and wiggling his arms around, and she's kicking up the all dirt. the dust. Yeah. I actually have a clip of the director talking about this scene. Yeah, it's all real dust. The scenes at the end between Joan and Luther, or between Luther, you know, and the mother, uh, where she's totally lost it. And he thinks he's found his soulmate. I mean, that is just, that is, that's exceptional acting. And, and they were ready and willing for the task, and they interacted there. Uh, it's, it's, it, 
halfway through and we'd, when he filmed that, we knew we had, we'd, we'd accomplished what we had because it wasn't, it wasn't ludicrous. It was sympathetic. It was sad. It was, it was, well, I, that's, I, if I had to take one thing and there were many, that would be, that would be it. Is chicken dust. Well, so I guess also, uh, like we're talking about the dust getting kicked up and everything, because it was a real chicken coop. Everybody on the crew got chicken shit fever from breathing in all like oh, the the yeah. dust, and apparently the guy who played the cop had really bad hay fever. Oh, so, so he's constantly sneezing. Yeah, like like he was on the one of the Poor scenes guy. in the DVD, the special features. He's like, I did not think I was going to be able to finish the movie because of all the hay and everything. You know, it's funny is um, watching him in the special features on the vinegar syndrome on um, because you know their menu it says old old bonus new bonus or whatever it yeah says. on the new stuff i almost didn't recognize him i was no. like i was like wow you don't even look the same <laughs> yeah you know like and i understand that people change over the years but i was like even in the face i was like oh that is the cop you know what i mean yeah I like, so. um but yeah so luther he's acting like a chicken and he's distracted because he's found his uh his hen to to meet his his rooster and as he's distracted uh, she picks up the gun, blasts him in the chest, and Luther's last act before he dies is to taste his own blood, kind of circling back right from the beginning yep. where he's tasting the circus blood. And she starts laughing and crying and clucking all at the same time, and the movie's over. It's actually uh, a pretty good ending. You know yeah. What I mean? Like, for people who haven't seen it, you know, they may be like they may think from how we describe the film, they're like, it kinda sounds cheesy. It watch it. If you're a trauma fan and you've not seen Luther the Geek, please watch this. And film. nobody is playing off the clucking f- like as a joke. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's all like, serious. He's genuinely crazy and he relates to the world from because he thinks he's a chicken. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he's a very violent person. You know, it's uh yeah, it's Definitely worth the watch if you're a trauma fan and you've not seen it. An- another thing I was thinking while watching the movie, so he gets paroled at the beginning, and they say he's a model prisoner. He doesn't say a single thing in this movie. He's just clucking at everybody and acting like a chicken. A in the whole movie. How yeah. is he paroled? Yeah. These people are terrible at their jobs. Yeah. This all could have been avoided if if the one person who met up with him in prison was like, you know, he hasn't bit anybody here. But he totally walks around acting like a chicken. And also, he has fucking metal fangs that he's filing in his in his <laughs> cell, just so you guys know. Good thing they, yeah. they let you keep a metal file in your <laughs> prison cell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen enough DuckTales cartoons <laughs> to know that that's no good to have a metal file in. And it's not like someone brought him a cake with a file in it. He yeah. had no visitors. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we move into the double feature section? Um... No, I think we covered everything. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to reiterate, please, Troma fans, if you've not seen Luther the Geek, please watch it once. And I know when Troma put this movie out on DVD originally, it was on the, the heels of Poultry Geist, or the tail feathers of, of uh, Poultry Geist. Um, so it didn't quite get the attention that it should have. Um, and I, I know the reasoning that Troma did it, because it's here's another chicken movie. 
Um, and it seems like when it originally came out on VHS and all that, the that's how I originally saw it was on VHS. I guess the company that put it out just fucked the director over. And oh, he, really? he talks a little bit about it on there. He doesn't talk about how trauma ended up with the movie, but he had to sue the original distribution company for the rights back. And, um, he didn't, and the original distributors went to prison. So maybe, maybe wow, they so turned was... into chicken monster killers. Yeah maybe <laughs> yeah, so, yeah they did them dirty well awesome so it's it's luther the geek night at cinema de la cool what is your double feature that you're picking to play uh, with luther i'm picking the geek? a movie that severin just released and i actually put on my top 10 blu-ray releases of the year it's called born for hell Catholic or Protestant? American. Where have you come from? Saigon. Uh, Vietnam. If you don't mind. What brings you to Belfast? My ship docked here. (sighs) Grab your socks. Morning. Rise and shine. If somebody likes, really likes somebody, as I like you, well, Perhaps that goes beyond friendship. Did you ever think of that? Now, Born for Hell has got nothing to do with chickens. The reason why I picked this as a double feature is because of a home invasion. Um, it's about a, a soldier. It's actually it's it's loosely based off of a real serial killer from Chicago, and if, don't quote me, but I think this movie takes place in Belfast. But so. but it's an American soldier who goes over to Belfast after he's discharged from the army, and he finds a dormitory full of young women, breaks in and does all sorts of horrible things to these women. Um, it's very. It's at, at times it's hard to watch, not because it's a bad watch, just because of what's going on in the film. I haven't watched the movie, but it looks very seventies exploitation. I'm gonna let you borrow it. I'm gonna let you take it home tonight. Yes. Um, please bring it back soon because I don't like when people rent movies from me. And I, I have a so. I have a dry erase board at my house that I write people's names on. 
Good. But I have my old iMac. I'm trying to get up and running, and I'm gonna start scanning movies out to people. Rad. Um, I did. I did find some uh, trauma connections with uh, Born for Hell. Oh, nice. Um, I'd love to hear it. It's always kind of tough from to find trauma connections from like the 70s era foreign uh, directed movies, but there was a few. So the actress uh, Deborah Berger, she was in acted in the movie Merchants of Death. Um, and uh, Andre uh, Pelletier, she acted in the trauma movie East End Hustle, and the producer uh, Peter Fink directed what Lloyd Kaufman calls the worst movie in Trauma's library, Capture of uh, Bigfoot. So, mm-hmm. which I, I was like, no way! The producer also produced the worst <laughs> movie in Trauma's <laughs> library. <laughs> That's saying something. Droma's got a very big library. Yeah. Yeah. And and to get singled out like that. Yeah, you got to have done something alloyed. What what he he described that movie as um a a guy in a fur jacket who falls down in the snow over and over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, I haven't seen it, but I feel like I need I I've, I've not seen it. So, for my double feature, I decided to go with the 1981 film directed by Romano Scavellini, Nightmare in a Damaged Brain. The following preview trailer is not suitable for viewing by persons of a nervous disposition. Switch off your television set immediately unless you are prepared to be really terrified. Nightmares in a Damaged Brain. Prepare yourself for the most intensely shocking motion picture of our time. The motion picture everyone is talking about. Hello? Hello, Steve? Nightmares in a damaged brain. Kathy? Kathy? Terror will surround you. Pray you survive the night. No one can help you. Listen to me, George. It's only a dream, and dreams can't hurt you. (laughs) Are you there, George? Daddy! George, don't hang up! Where do you go? There's no place to hide. Nightmares in a damaged brain. I've not seen that. Um, I think you would dig this movie. It's 
I they have it on Tubi. You said it's nightmare in a damaged Night, brain. Yeah, nightmares in a damaged brain. Or it's also just called nightmares. Okay, but I like the title. I nightmares may have actually a, seen just nightmares. It, it it's um Tom Savini did the effects in it. Okay. Um, so basically, the reason I picked this one was I went with um kind of like the the deranged crazy. Uh, serial killer sure. uh, model. And there is a bit of home invasion in this. Um, th- it's about this boy who, a little bit like Halloween, has commits a murder at the beginning. He grows up, and he just keeps having flashbacks to... To the, the murder. Yeah, and so... And nightmares about it. And it's grimy... Yeah, I've definitely not seen it. Grimy 42nd Street, like, porno booths. And he's in there, mm-hmm. like just like fantasizing about murder and then you know he he ends up stalking this family and slowly killing them off it's it's pretty brutal it's a little slow but it's uh i mean savini's effects in there are pretty Uh, good the legend yeah the man the myth the legend um and this one actually had quite a few uh trauma references as well um what do you mean like actual posters and stuff not not posters but like uh people who were who had stuff connections, to do with it. Trauma connections. Um, so the actor Mick Cribben, he directed the trauma film Beware Children at Play. Which is a fun film. Um, yeah, I, I that's another one I'm going to do That's a fun show. movie. That's a fun movie. Um, the actor uh, David Masser, he was the unit manager for Fat Guy Goes Nutsoid. I love Fat Guy Goes Nutsoid. Yeah. Um, I remember I watched that with Duncan. Uh, that was a fun time. It's, I I love <laughs> yeah, that movie. That was I, fun. I can't wait to talk about that one. But and then the the cinematographer Giovanni Fiore Colatesseri um, was the camera op on the Stendhal Syndrome. Uh, just so you know, I love the Stendhal Syndrome. Wrote it's a song a, about it in two thousand eight on the Creature from the Whack Lagoon. Very first track, Ashi Argento. That's what the song is called, or Asia Argento. I heard Dario say Ashia in the Troy in the Lloyd Kaufman interview, so that's what I call her, is Ashia, because that's how Dario pronounced it. It could still be Asia. I have no idea, but yeah. Well, that and that's a funny, funny movie. Um, the Stendhal Syndrome is fantastic. I bought that Trauma DVD when that came out, and it's amazing how terrible that DVD so, looks. I hate to say this because. When Blue Underground put out Stendhal Syndrome, I had to get rid of my trauma one because the Stendhal Syndrome had has the whole cut. It's like yeah. everything Dario shot with all the extra footage, and it's uh, it's remastered. It's it looks beautiful. Great. It looks great. The only thing that I miss is the Lloyd Kaufman interview with Dario because Dario is my you know how you are with trauma is how I am with Dario. Dario is my favorite. Suspiria is my all time favorite movie. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, the holy trinity of movies for me is Suspiria, Toxic Avenger, and Frankenhooker. You know what I mean? Um, I, I would die if I, if those movies, if, if I was never able to watch those movies again, I'd just kill myself. You know, I, I can't live without those three films. Well, we will make sure to keep those movies in <laughs> rotation around yeah. Casa de la Cool. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's... I can't get i mean i can't get rid of the trauma version because of what it is and the fact how weird is it that trauma put out a dario argento movie 
fantastic. I thought it was fantastic that they did that. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I There was like, um, I don't know if it's on that DVD or if it's on something else, but Lloyd talks about um, where he's like, well, just, oh, we're going to make a, uh, Dario Argento an offer that he most likely can definitely refuse. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact that they actually sat down and talked to each other. It wasn't like... Yeah, I mean, it was like you and I are doing right now. It was like they were actually in the room together, and I was like, and both of those guys have had such a huge impact on me. You know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, that that meant a lot to me to see that. You know, um, I don't know. It's like there there's three people movie wise that when they pass away, it'll really hurt me, and it'll be Lloyd Kaufman, it'll be Dario Argento, and believe it or not, it'll be Mel Brooks. You know what I mean? Um, when those three pass away, it's just the world is, is genuinely going to lose three wonderful people. I agree. You know? So, yeah. But on, on a little happier note. Sorry. Than, sorry oh, about no, that. Leave it no, up to me to fucking turn way the Way to sour. bring it down. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's something that's kind of funny. So, um, I talked about this this actor who was in Nightmares and a Damaged Brain. He was also in uh, William Kirksey. He was in another film that I talked about on this show. He was in Squeeze Play and Monster in the Closet, When Nature Calls, First Turn on You, Stuck on You, Waitress. So he's like in all so these. So he's done one or two drama films. Yeah, yeah. All, all the early Lloyd stuff. Um, the person who did the special effects, uh, Leslie Lorraine, or one of the people who did special effects, um, did the first turn on and Stuck on You. Um, one another effects artist did Night Beast and Curse of the Cannibal Confederates. Um, when I talked about Night Beast on the show, uh, the guy who did sound, Jack Cooley, he did the sound for Death by Temptation and Cry Uncle, Love Throw Murders, The Children, which Luther the Geek's director's other movie, which is kind of cool, and Zombie Island Massacre and Joe and Silent Night, Bloody Night. So, so um, there is quite the trauma, trauma you know, crew on yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely, and it's. It's kind of funny, yeah, just like, you know, it makes sense that 1981 in the, the grimy New York City, 42nd Street, like, it's Dude, like... You know, New York City, just the best movies from the 70s and 80s, and even mid up to the, up to the mid-90s. Were Until all, it got were, all Disney-fied. Yeah, I mean, until Giuliani changed everything, you know what I mean? Like, um, it was just absolutely just... That city is so perfect for for film, for thirty five millimeter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was just so perfect for the for that time period because like it was so scuzzy and just so gross. Like, like I think about when I watch like Mrs. Forty Five and the Driller Killer. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that. Like those are very New York City at that time period. Well, another you know one I, mean? um, I like from like kind of that era is nineteen ninety, The Bronx Warriors. I've not seen it. It's um, a Warriors ripoff type movie, sure. but they there was a lot in that time period. But they yeah. film like in like you know where they film street trash, like that blown up, burnt out area sure. of the Bronx, yeah. and it's fucking rough. But I, it's just so cool to see on film. Yeah, and uh, you can tell. Uh, I believe I know that there's been some issues with trauma and the director of Street Trash. Um, but I was like, that is like the most trauma, non trauma movie. I was like, yeah. For it not being a trauma movie, it is very much a trauma movie. Yeah. I was so disappointed that that wasn't a trauma movie once I actually figured it out that it wasn't a trauma movie. I'm going to get the, the story of that one Get the day. scoop one of these get, days, get the, yeah. The full, the full story. But, well, cool. I, th- I think that about wraps everything up. Uh, where can they follow you on the socials? Um, 
I'm on Twitter. I just started an Instagram. Thank um, God, finally. I know. Well, the re- only reason why I did is everybody's like, you have to have an Instagram. You have to have an Instagram. So, but you can catch me on Facebook, Extra Cool Denver, Facebook.com backslash Extra Cool Denver. Um, Twitter is at Extra underscore Cool. Uh, Twitter, Instagram is also at Extra uh, underscore Cool. Please check out my music videos. I'd really appreciate that on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com backslash big bad extra cool. And that is cool with a K, folks. So E X T R A K O O L. And you can catch my music uh, literally any record store in the country. Um, you can please check me out on Bandcamp, extracool.bandcamp.com, extra cool on Spotify, even though I boycott Spotify. Everybody listens to Spotify, so please punch me into your playlist on Spotify, iTunes. I'm on every streaming platform. That's awesome. And then um, after we wrap up here, we're going to hear the song that Extra Cool and Chaz Kangas did together, Lloyd K. Lloyd K. I'd say it's pretty good, but I got to say it's extra cool. It's extra cool. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lego Larry. You can follow the show on Twitter at Talkin' Trauma. And as always, stay traumatized. Thank you for having me.
kill the weeds, yo, instead we clip the blossoms. It is what it is, you can blame Lloyd Kaufman. What up, Extra Cool? I see this summer we are taking a vacation to my summer home in my favorite lovingly restored section of the Garden State of New Jersey. Yeah, I got great tickets booked through 1-800-83-TROMA.